This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast coming to Cleveland Browns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening or good morning when you get to it for what will be your Friday edition. Uh, we're going to find a way to get the post-game recorded. Uh, I mean, the pre-game recorded tomorrow. We'll get that to you probably for Saturday morning. Uh, we, I, I'm scheduled and still scheduled to sit down with actually Ricky Seals Jones tomorrow night. So actually looking forward to that while Pete and the Streetsboro guy, uh, guys go off and, uh, look for six in a row. Uh, we're going to sit down here. Um, we've got some things to talk about here. Uh, a little Seattle preview. Obviously a lot of people, a lot of Baker questions. They're not going away and we're going to try hopefully alleviate, well, maybe not alleviate your concerns, but at least answer the questions as far as that. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Brown-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Before I do set this one off here, I do want to thank Eric Crocker, former San Francisco 49er. Hey, I'll take any publicity, any and all. And it's always weird, Pete, when you find that a former pro athlete who's also in the podcasting actually lies about what you said on your show, which is interesting. Well, yeah, I'm not entirely sure who he's referencing because it's possible he's actually referencing Eric Davis, who's also a former 49er. So, yeah, I, don't I, know. I did see that come up, but uh, look, uh, it, the only thing we said about Jimmy Garoppolo is, is, you know, even though he is now been in what is now his sixth NFL season is nobody knows who the hell he is. He was unproven. So, and then you throw me a gif of throwing a, you know, you put a gif in it. And I think that's where the shot came to us, maybe, or maybe it was Arctic. Don't throw me the shot of the seven yard out to Marquise Goodwin beating the daylights out of TJ Carey, which we told you was going to be an issue. Um, how about show me the gif of the couple of balls that were, you know, in the grass? So, you know, if in the other thing is, if you took one thing away from that Monday night game and that thing was, Wow, Jimmy Garoppolo is really good. Then I have no idea what the hell you watched because what you saw was the 49ers have a really good offensive line, which now is down another man. Uh, they run the ball really well due to Kyle Juzik, who's actually out now as well. And their defensive line and their linebackers, they're a really good group. Nobody took away from that Monday night game. Wow, Jimmy Garoppolo's the goods. So uh, sorry on that aspect. Yeah, but- he was definitely not the story. Uh, and uh, I know what I said, which is he's very accurate, but he throws a lot of picks, and those are both true. Yes, they are. Pete, um, obviously everybody, it's it's the highs and lows of Baker right now. Um, look, it's not the first time, you know, uh, a second-year quarterback has had to find his way, so to speak, after a strong rookie year. What is the most essential thing to find a way where you could at least get Baker back to consistency. We were having this talk today on Twitter, you know, Mike Krupka and, and Steven Thomas. And it, I, I don't want to – some people are misconstruing some things that I'm saying is when I say Baker's trying to go for the home run is he's, that's when it's, you know, you're in the pocket two to three seconds, and now he's jetting out to the right. Look, at this point, all you're hoping for at that point is a big play. It's it's not essentially scramble drill, which he doesn't really have the guys that he's used to for that. But you're rolling out and hoping to hit a big one, and that's usually where that kind of gets him in a little bit of trouble. Unless it's man coverage, if it's zone, the longer you take, usually it gets a little easier if it's zone coverage. 
But there's got to be some way, Pete, here they can establish a little consistency. Because the one thing that hasn't gone away from Baker's game is he gets hot early. He usually stays hot. Yeah, I think I think the key is uh, I think the biggest key for him is understanding that every play is not going to be great, and you have to be able to you know let bad plays go and not make them worse. And so, you know, the simplest thing I would say for him right now is stay out of negative plays, and you know that would mean avoiding turnovers, and and on on some level that's you know, that's going to be difficult to do on certain respects, but a lot of that is limiting the negative plays is just, if it's not there, don't try to force it in terms of passes down the field that aren't there or, uh, you know, trying to extend plays that aren't there and being willing to sort of accept that a play is not going to work, accept that an incomplete pass is better than a punt, or I'm sorry, better than a, uh, better than a sack, a, a uh, punt is better than an interception or a fumble. And, you know, they they have a, a good defense. They don't need to score 50. It's not like it was at Oklahoma where you had to score a ton of points. You have a defense that can get you the ball back that's going to get you multiple opportunities. And too often, you know, he's digging holes that he then has to try to get himself out of. And, and in the process, he's putting his defense in that hole as well. Um, so that really does feel like the biggest thing. And obviously uh, the, the 49ers score in that 83-yard touchdown and then the very next play from scrimmage is an interception and they have the Antonio Callaway uh, bobble interception and the game is effectively already is over before it starts. So, yeah, I mean, two of those two drives were in the red zone and they came away with only three points. And that, you know, that really was the game for all intents and purposes. So it's just the, the simplest thing is staying out of negative plays. And that if, if, if you do that and you get that rhythm, then things are, you know, you're going to be able to sort of get in the flow of the game and then certain things may open up and some other things, but it's very difficult to, to basically come out, you know, make a bad, bad decision and, and, and turn over the ball and then try to sort of feel your way into the game. Like, and that's, you know, once you once he starts digging that hole, he has a tendency to want to press. And if he can just avoid that, uh, that would be great. Now, having said that, you know, so much of their offensive play is, has been completely determined by how good the defensive line of the opponent is. Uh, they obviously did well against the Ravens that had virtually no pass rush. Uh, they beat the Jets, who don't have a pass rush. And they lost to three teams that could really get after the quarterback. So that is of concern at this point. But, yeah, stay out of negative plays. Let the game sort of happen. Let it come to you more as opposed to trying to grab it by the short and curlies and take over as much as you are. That's going to happen, but you've got to let it go. Let it sort of get there. Yeah, he's got to also understand a little bit, you know, this is more of, you know, playing the Ohio States of the world. This is more of playing Georgia to play it back to his, his, you know, his college days is, you know, you're not going to, you know, bust on through the big 12. You're not getting Baylor every week. Um, Yeah. You're going to face some piss poor secondaries in weeks, 14, 15, 16, 17, when injuries start to amount up. Um, And the old line I always like to use here is those guys are on scholarship too. They're getting paid. The guys he's going against, you know, you can't go through this and extend a play 
to five and six seconds like you can against, sorry, John Costco, and, and where it's going to work out for you because you got five stars beating two stars. If it's simple, it's there. Take it, matriculate ball down the field. God knows you have capable athletes here who can get you yards after the catch. And, and I think it's 80, I think it's 13% of passes over 20 yards. So it's not like they're, you know, they're certainly not taking enough shots deep, in my opinion. Yes. And, you know, now and Rex Ryan, well, he's a one read quarterback. Well, that's usually what the play is meant for. You know, ideally, when you call a play, you see the defense, it's usually one read and go. That's kind of where the era of football is right now. So that, that it's not a, in my opinion, it's not really a, a bad label to put on it. It's get it, get it gone, and let's go and line up and let's do it again and let's do it again and let's do it again. Uh, all 53 have practiced for two days in a row. Hallelujah. Whether or not we get everybody that we want back or yet, uh, Pete, and this is one, and we'll continue to go to this. And, and obviously, you know, we have been on this for a while. And look, even if you don't think Rashard Higgins is the type of talent, whatever, that's fine. What Believe it however you want. Pete, it's the importance of a guy like Rashard Higgins. You go back to the first drive against Tennessee. You go back to the first week of preseason where they came out and they ran the two-minute O. Yes, Jarvis and Odell, fantastic players. There's just some sort of vibe him and Higgins got. Maybe it's because they're both Texas boys. I don't know. You know, and everybody, oh, well, I don't think Higgins come back is going to make that big of a difference. I don't think they understand, you know, you know and I know because there, I, I had a quarterback like this. There were players I was playing over that I was not as talented as, but we just had a vibe. It's, you know, I knew what he was doing before he was doing. He knew what I was doing before I was doing. I don't think people realize the importance and just how important that type of relationship is between a quarterback and a receiver where he just feels like he knows him inside and out. Sure. I mean, that's a big part of it. The other part of it is, you know, at least as opposed to some of the guys out there, he knows where to line up and where the play is supposed to be going. Um, so and he'll catch it all. Yeah. I mean, and we'll catch it, but he's got a, a great understanding of how to exploit holes and zones. He knows how to get open in man coverage and, and they do have that familiarity, but it's the difference between having uh, two good receivers and three good receivers. And right now uh, teams have made it more difficult for them to get to Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry in certain spots, which obviously is something they need to work through anyway. That's, I mean, that's just got to get better, but at the same time, you know, having a guy with that kind of familiarity and all that stuff, certainly is not a bad thing. It's certainly going to make you better. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, you know, that's the guy that they, they – so many reps went to in uh, the training camp, and then he, he almost never came off the field in preseason uh, just by virtue of the numbers they had. And Callaway at that point was down with the high ankle sprain. So, you know, he has – he took more reps than any receiver on the team. And that, so not having that definitely hurts. It, it, uh, again, and this is what it went to last summer where he did a lot with Higgins. And then all of a sudden it was Callaway. It was Josh Gordon. And guess what? All of a sudden, you know, Richard Higgins basically essentially was wide receiver two on this team. Uh, just, he's a good player. He's a sound player. I don't 
care if he if you don't think he thrills you, that's fine. But you need those nuts and bolts types. And getting Rashard Hag- Rashard Higgins back, in my opinion, would do will do a lot a lot of good for this offense. We're gonna get to your uh, first dip in the water here, Seahawks wise, in a second. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and use the Vivid Seats app, whether on Google, whether on iPhone. Go ahead and purchase events for a sporting event, a concert, plays, theater, if that's your thing. Go ahead and use the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code KICKOFF, all caps, no space, to receive a discount of up to $100. We appreciate Vivid Seats for the sponsorship of the podcast. Pete, now as we dig here into Seattle, um, the first thing impression I get offensively is I don't know why you're trying to run the ball as much as you are. And there's enough success there where it's okay. But you've got Russell Wilson who just year in, and you can never count the guy down. Uh, I believe he's you know a little under 300 yards a game, 12 touchdowns through five. Uh, the, the touchdown pass to lock it. It's it'll probably be easily one of the top two or three throws of this entire season. Russell Wilson is just about as special as special can be. He's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, he, he his numbers are absurd. He's completing something like 73, 73.3% of his passes. He has yet to throw an interception. He's got 14 total touchdowns. Um, when he is completing 83%, 84.6% of passes, that are uh, targeting either Tyler Lockett or Will Disley. Um, it's difficult to do that on air. Um, you know, <laughs> they, the guy that's killing his average right now is uh, is D- DK Metcalf. Um, he's only completing like 40 46.1% of his targets to him or something like that. So that's where his average is falling. But, uh, yeah, I mean, their, their running game is more more about persistence and wearing teams down than it is necessarily good. It doesn't mean it's not, you know, uh, Carson's getting like 4.4 yards of carry and, and Penny's getting like 4.5. But yeah, obviously, uh, you know, that is Russell Wilson who, who carries that team. Um, he's where this thing sort of happens or it's not. Uh, and right now, yeah, uh, he's he's there's nobody better than him. So it, it's interesting that they run it as much as they do. That they seem to want to take as much off of him as they do. But uh, with that said, I suppose um, it, it, you know that may be saving it for later in the season when they need him to sort of take over uh, and really carry them. Uh, the other part of running the ball, though, is it does somewhat help uh, a, a you know sketchy offensive line. Um, he has taken 13 sacks this year, so there is some issue uh, with what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it, we are hoping that, you know, when Baker Mayfield reaches the pinnacle of his powers, he's anywhere near the level of, of what Russell Wilson is doing right now. And it's it's difficult to sort of explain just how – high a level he's playing with right now. Like, I don't know if there's efficiency that's ever been quite this good. I mean, both, both of his starting receivers, or I'm sorry, Lockett and Disley are both averaging at least 10 yards a target. That's not reception. That's target. So every time they are targeted, they're essentially getting a first down. 
zero doubts there. And, um, you know, DK Metcalf, and we've talked about this, you know, kind of a one trick pony at this point. Um, now, Pete, let's put it this way. Look, with all 53 practicing, let's put it, I'll be happy to get one of Greedy or Denzel back this week. I, I think Terrence Mitchell, I think TJ Carey, the veterans that they are, could get up against the line like Greedy did in college against DK Metcalf, be physical with him at the line, and at least get enough on him where he isn't busting past you. My question here is, if you could get one of the two, I'm assuming, well, for me, it's you'd want Ward because Lockett's an extreme pain in the ass. If you don't have Denzel Ward, I don't know how you're going to handle Lockett. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that is what Denzel Ward was drafted to do. Receivers like Tyler Lockett. Obviously, you know, in, in the immediate, it was, you're here to cover Antonio Brown. And Tyler Lockett. Yeah, imagine that, how like, funny that is now, 16, 18 months later, whatever it is. Right. So, I mean, like, that is the type of receiver Lockett is, except he's better in terms of route running and those type of things. And, he was the most efficient receiver in football last year. I don't expect he's any lower right now. So, you know, considering where they are at um, with that, yeah, I mean, I, I think they are in decided trouble if they don't get at least uh, one of those corners back. I'm assuming it's going to be an all-or-nothing venture with those guys. Uh, but, yeah, Ward – would be enormous because if they don't have him, I don't know how they have any chance of slowing down Tyler Lockett. Um, and that's, that's, that's assuming that, you know, it Ward would come in and be playing, you know, high level, it's, which is hard to know, you know, when you haven't played and you've been stuck with a hamstring, you haven't been able to do much of anything. So, you know, if there's any rust there, you know, that's not a great situation. So yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, Plus I, it's an extremely difficult assignment. Yeah, it's it's just brutal, brutal. Look, uh, cross your fingers on it. Um, my honest opinion, guys, is I don't think they would have been putting him out on the field this week if they didn't think that there was a le- at least a slight chance that they could play Sunday. Otherwise, you would have said, you want to know what? Five weeks coming, whatever. I, I don't think these guys would be on the field if they didn't think there was at least a legitimate chance that they could on Sunday. It, it, it would just seem the route to go if they sat this long if you didn't think on Tuesday, I'm sorry, on Wednesday that they could play on Sunday, you wouldn't put them on the field with another two weeks to go. That is just the way I'm kind of viewing it here. Uh, defensively, uh, Pete, a couple of friends coming to town. Michael Kendricks with a cup of coffee and apparently, you know, some sort of, you know, white collar prison sentence. Jamar Taylor's coming back to town. Um, a lot of people have questions about Jadavian Clowney. Uh, I remember, Pete, we sat down last year to do the Texans pregame show, and we talked about, man, this offensive line, this is not good. This is, I, I'm pretty sure Baker didn't even get sacked that game. I think the idea of Jadavian Clowney is better than actually what Jadavian Clowney is. Jadavian Clowney is huge for them. Um, he's not, you know, that elite pass rusher that you were hoping for with that pick. Uh, but he's a disruptor. Uh, he gets in the backfield, he causes problems, and he's big. Um, big in terms of his size, big in terms of his length uh, and height and reach and those types of things. Um, he's never 
been, uh, you know, a big sack producing guy in terms of numbers, but he is a guy who just causes problems and can help other guys generate some numbers. So it's, you know, we dealt with this with Houston last year. It didn't go particularly well. Obviously they, they had um, some guys in there uh, like, you know, JJ Watt, obviously Whitney Merciless and those guys and, and the Seahawks don't have quite the complimentary pieces, but you know, this is a guy that's very difficult to block. Um, if he's over Greg Robinson, it's slightly better. I think he, I think he could bend Chris Hubbard in half. Um, so <laughs> find the, find the turd. And, and, yeah. And, and I think Seattle is more inclined to move him around as well. Which you should do. I mean, look, uh, you know, and we talk about this all the time, obviously with Miles Garrett is, you know, do what is best for your defense. He's has the capabilities to do other things. Um, secondary, we'll get into this a little bit more in the pregame show, but this is not the Seattle defense of old. And uh, the Legion of Boom, they ain't walking through that door. So, but we'll get to that on the pregame show. Uh, listener questions here to come at the end of a long week. It's great to sit down, take some time off, and obviously fire up the TV. It's where Thursday night kind of become your bridge to the weekend. Yeah, your first, you know, taste, you know, if you're not, you know, obviously. You're big college football fans, and there's stuff earlier in the week. But Thursday night gets you your bridge into football, whether it is game-winning touchdowns on the la- in, within the last two minutes, whether it is a running back breaking free and nobody there to catch him. One of the more exciting ways to enjoy the football weekend is by putting a little money down on the action. Best place to put a little skin in the game is with mybookie.ag. Uh, look, they are been around forever. They've been with Locked On forever. So I have no problem talking about a product like mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. It is that easy. Um, use the promo code Locked On. Uh, deposit up to one hundred percent. Me, I don't bet much, but if I do, it's going to be with mybookie. Uh, where are you? Where who are you spending? Uh, who you're betting? I'm sorry, where you're betting with is almost as important as who you're betting on. That's why, with the experience and the length that my bookie's been around and has been with us, I will always, forever recommend them in any capacity. Visit mybookie.ag today. M y b o k i e. dot a g. You play, you win, you get paid. It literally is that easy, kids. Now, Pete, first question we got here, and I, I, look, guys, I understand everybody's overreaction from Monday and the fact that the San Francisco 49ers run game absolutely tore a hole through them. Hey, Pete, this is when when you commit to a 4-2-5, essentially what you're telling other teams is, be you know, if you want to beat us with the run, go ahead and take your attempt at that. This is staying you're doing this when you go to a defensive alignment like that. So one of the questions I have, and, and somebody sent me here is, you know, do you start to go maybe f- traditional four, three, but the problem is Pete to do that. You already lost your number two linebacker. So now you're playing your number three linebacker when you only really wanted to play two. It's one of these questions we get again, where, you know, and everybody who loves the 12 personnel is, is you're putting lesser talent on the field to essentially prove a point or give a certain look. Well, look if they if they want to go uh, they want to go with an extra linebacker, you know, you can put Sione Taki Taki in at Sam. 
Um, put him up near the line of scrimmage, get hands on quickly. You know, that's that's sort of where he's at his strength. Uh, I'm surprised that we didn't see some of that against the 49ers, um, but that certainly, you know, it reinforced the idea that they really, really want to do this. Um, you know, and that's where that, you know, having a a fullback the level of Kyle Juszczyk is so useful is that, you know, he gives you an extra extra blocker um, and, and a guy you can, can move around and get two holes and obviously on, you know, one particular play. Um, Mac Wilson didn't really feel like moving him out of the way. Um, and that's something he's got to get better at. Um, so you, you know, you obviously have to have your safety tackle better than they did, but that's partly due to the, you know, that's partly why, you know, we think the safety is a weakness. You know, it's, we'd like to think they'd have, they will have better safeties uh, if they want to, you know, keep going with this, and that's not that's not going to happen, uh, likely Give until they own Buchanan. Well, that's certainly an option is to bring him in. Uh, obviously, has experience as a will linebacker, has experience as, as a safety, could be that third safety down in the box that can do some of those things. Um, you know, I, I, if memory serves, he and uh, Steve Wilkes don't have the greatest of relationships, but, you know, sometimes, uh, well, my thing there, and look, I totally agree with you there though. It, and it's twofold. Um, the Browns could view it as they need somebody. They own Buchanan obviously wants to work. Thing is, is when you're in the middle of weeks, when you're in week six, week seven, whatever, it's hard to find somebody that you can bring in who knows your system. He knows it. Like he got luck for Murray going to the ring game. And even if you bring him in here and look, you know, obviously Dale McCannon's humbled right now for where his career has gone. Uh, he can contribute in other facets. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. He can play box safety. It, it's something, you know, if you're telling me I, I want Dale Buchanan on this roster over Taiwan Taylor, I would do it freaking six days a week and three times on Sunday. It's somebody that can contribute, has NFL experience, has some success in the league, and can help you in multi-avenues. Taiwan Taylor cannot do that, and now he's wide receiver seven, for Christ's sakes. He can go. Yeah, that's Kendrick Whitehead as another example. But, yeah, I mean, if it's up to me. I would happily make that call. But, uh, yeah, I think that may not be an issue they deal with until the off season. If they do, you know, that's, that's gotta be a priority to upgrade those spots um, because you do need to be able to, if, if you're going to run this, you have to have safeties you can count on to make those tackles. You can't just be weak against the run um, consistently. Having said that, obviously, uh, you know, defensively, you want to be sound against the pass first and foremost, that's, you know, especially if you believe you're going to have an effective offense, that becomes critical. But if, you know, if San Francisco uh, can continue this, and, and it'll be interesting because they're without use check for about four to six weeks, uh, having torn his MCL as even though the 49ers destroyed the Browns, the Browns basically destroyed the 49ers as they took out uh, Mike McGlinchey and Kyle use check for about a month at least uh, but anyway, so, it, it, you know, and Juszczyk is a very special player. You don't, you know, that's why he's making so much money. And that's why, you know, they, they were willing to do that is because he is unique. 
Um, but that does create a, a different dynamic, and you have to be able to sort of adjust to that. And I don't think the Browns did a very good job of it. But yeah, long term, uh, you have to you, you can't you know you can't say you know our Super Bowl be, our Super Bowl defense is uh, consisting of Jermaine Whitehead and uh, what Demarius Randall and uh, you know Morgan Burnett or Eric Murray or whoever. And it's not to say there's you know uh, I think Demarius Randall is fine, um, but none of those guys are like an impact player. Um, and that's another reason why I don't think paying the uh, Demarius Randall makes any sense is because he's not an impact player. And I will say, I think Demarius Randall on uh, Breida's first touchdown run may have caught a little bit of uh, Earl Thomas-itis, so to speak. He was out of position and then was just like, well, I'm not opening up and chasing this one now. From Bobby Nachos, um, Pete, if you're having issues getting Odell involved, is it maybe time to change exactly what they're doing with them? Um, you know, as far as alignments and how balls you're throwing to them, uh, get him more in the slot. I, I mean, the fact that they're calling trick plays for him before they're truly getting him involved in the pass offense, it doesn't make any sense. It should be he's already got six receptions in the first two and a half quarters. So now every eye in the stadium is on him. Um, but to call a you know a motion, you know, 180 reverse with a pass, let's make sure we can hit him first in, you know. And let's see what he does when he actually gets the ball in his hands in the open field first. Uh, bizarre trick plays aside, um, the fact that they <laughs> are doing things like putting him in the backfield and, and that type of stuff, clearly they want to put the ball in his hands, and they're trying to come up with ways to do it, uh, even if that means turning around and handing it to him, uh, which obviously then led to that uh, that trap later when uh, Nick Chubb was the up back and, and that went off for a big game. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's the thing. I mean, clearly, they they see uh, how important he is, and they see how badly they want to get the ball to him. You know, they've done some smoke screens. They've done some really quick passes. They've done handoffs. They've done whatever. Um, you know, I think motioning him is certainly effective. But first and foremost, it's just hitting the passes that have been there. And there have been any number of them where it's a situation of, uh, you know, the play is there at Baker's high or something and, and Odell Beckham can't come down with it. And, you know, I'd be, I'd love to know just, you know, numerically where that's at, but I guess it's somewhere around five receptions right now. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, right now that's, that's a reception, a game right there. Um, and in a couple and, of these games where they were so close, it could have made the difference. Yes. Right. And then, yeah, obviously the, he got locked up pretty, pretty well, uh, against the Ravens, uh, and and had a drop in that one that was uncharacteristic. But yeah, I think there's probably about a reception every game that has been simply missed that shouldn't have been uh, from Baker Mayfield. And you know, I think he understands that more than anybody. Uh, but if you're trying to just find more ways to use him, you know, whether you want to start him in the slot, whether you want to motion him to the slot, that is certainly an option. The problem you run into is Jarvis Landry is not a boundary receiver, um, and it's very difficult to sort of do that. So you're basically saying that uh, something the effect of uh, Landry's on the slot on one side, they're either motioning to uh, another inside receiver spot or away from Landry uh, to sort of create that, whether you want to 
you know, motion to him to create some flood action or whatever. Um, it's Landry's presence makes this a little more difficult than, than I think the Browns would like it to be, but I don't think it's an enormous issue. I, I, I certainly can see uh, where Odell Beckham would be. I don't, I don't think the word's frustrated as has been portrayed, but uh, suggesting that going down the field more would be beneficial. Uh, obviously, you know, he's made a few big plays in that. Obviously, the Jets game, he made that one-handed grab and, and some other things. So, uh, you know, when you have a player like that, sure, I mean, it makes all the sense of the world to basically take a shot a half um, to see if that opens things up. If not more than that, uh, it, it, if nothing else, to try to loosen things up and at least put the fear that that could happen uh, in the minds of defenders. And this is what you're supposed to do when you have these true elite number one wide receivers. And it is a little bit of an issue, like you said, because, you know, you know what Landry is. Rashard, you know, can play some outside, but it's he's not really going to totally kill it from there. That's what you were hoping from Callaway, who, good Lord, you want to talk about somebody who needs a bounce back week. I mean, and it's inexcusable for Antonio Callaway because he was around this team for an entire month. So not knowing where you're supposed to line up, uh, you know, not knowing your assignment, wear a freaking wristband, do what you got to freaking do, you know, get yourself right because this team needs you. Um, maybe now, though, if you can get, if Higgins will be back this week and you start running maybe some trips concepts where nobody essentially knows what's coming, Odell on the line, you know, uh, you know, in in the middle of the two of them flanked and you're just kind of running some mass chaos on some people, which is obviously what they were hoping and planning on doing before Rashard Higgins went down and, you know, as they were integrating you know, Odell in all of this, it, it, it's stuff you want to do. And I'm sure there's stuff they haven't been able to get to yet that they want to. And yeah, obviously that's going to be the hope of it coming out here. Um, but against Seattle and, you know, doing the crossover episode, um, Yak is a huge possibility here. Um, he stressed this. He said it's been an issue. They like to play three linebackers a lot, a lot. They like to play three linebackers. So it's something you want to look at in that aspect. Um, like I said, we'll get to, uh, you know, we'll get to the pregame show. I'll get that out for Saturday morning. Uh, still scheduled for Ricky Seals Jones tomorrow night. Uh, Pete, you and the guys, good luck tomorrow night. Uh, and what is the latest over at Maiden, Pete? Uh, let's see. I uh, wrote an article uh, about Baker Mayfield and sort of where I, where I view him um, as sort of increasingly the black hat of the league, um, which is, I think is great. Um, wrote about uh, the Seahawks passing, or particularly the passing offense, but their offense in general, and just how Russell Wilson is really, really freaking good. Uh, and then there's a fantasy article from Brandon Little out there for people who do that. Uh, and uh, I'm sure I'll figure out some other stuff to do. Uh, as we roll on through, and um, I tell you guys all the time, nothing goes faster than the NFL season. The Browns will have six games in the book come Sunday at about 4.15, 4.20, whatever it is. Nothing goes faster than the NFL season. Make sure you're uh, checking out everything for Browns Maven on Twitter. Uh, go to SI, go to Teams, click on Cleveland Browns. You'll get brought to everything. Uh, Pete, Brandon Little are doing. They're putting out a ton of work over there. Happy for the success and just happy for the growth, obviously. Uh, make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself at Locked On Browns. 
all lowercase, no spaces, uh, follow back account. DMs are always open. Questions, anything you want, anything of that nature. Uh, you have any questions for Ricky Sills Jones, start flooding those over. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open there as well. Uh, appreciate everybody here. Uh, been a really good week. I was a little surprised after the shellacking of Monday night, but um, uh, I know you guys are into and appreciate all the effort Pete and I put out. Um, yeah, weeks like this aren't as fun. Yeah, last week was a lot more fun. Um, we can get to some fun stuff next week, obviously, with the bye week. We'll start announcing that stuff as the week goes on. We have a little fun with that as hopefully it's a three and three bye week and certainly not a two and four bye week. Uh, but with that, we're going to put a bed to the, uh, put this one to bed here. You, this has been your daily delivery of all things outbound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go.